Hey, it's Kathy with Rocky Retirement. And as promised, today's Friday, and so you'll be getting to listen to Henry Shapiro's Retired Excited. I know you're just going to love this as much as I do. And don't forget, you can still listen to Rock Your Retirement, where I'm the host, and those shows are released on Mondays. Welcome to the Retired Excited Podcast. Retired Excited, the show where we give retired and want-to-be-retired folk a look at how great retired life can be. Here we talk to men and women who are happily retired and loving their life. We explore the techniques, activities, beliefs, and excitement of these happy retirees and examine how every Tom, Dick, and Mary can benefit from their experience. Together, we will delve into what retired happiness really looks like and how anyone can achieve it. Here is your host, Henry Shapiro. Hey folks, Henry here at Retired Excited, the show providing inspiration for people who are nearly retired, newly retired, or say they're never going to retire. If you're nearing retirement and fearful of what lies ahead, you don't need to be. If you're already retired and wondering how to fill your days, then this show is exactly for you. Here we talk to retired people doing things that make them happy. Things from stamp collecting to cruising, from dancing to touring the world on a motorbike. There's an exciting stage of life to be enjoyed after full-time work and it's got nothing to do with your financial situation or social position. We talk to everyday retired people who are living the life they want and we talk to a few professionals to get expert advice. And I chip in with some of my own experiences. Welcome everybody to episode number 10 of Retired Excited. Today I'm going to talk to a man who had a couple of instances or occasions in his life which seemed, I'd say, inconsequential to him at the time, but in the long term they finished up redirecting the whole direction of his life. And incidentally, you can hear crashing and banging in the background, and that's his wife, Joan, who's mucking around in the kitchen. Joan actually made me, especially for me, some drop scones when I came, and that's typical of the hospitality you find uh, in country towns, which is where we are. Anyhow, Ted, he obviously caught the entrepreneurial bug very early in life because he, he bought a road grader when he was only 24 years old. If I get back to those seemingly inconsequential occasions that I talked about, one of them was when he and a mate went to to see somebody, and on the way back, they took a wrong turn in the road. And, well, he's going to tell you how that all turned out, but that wrong turn, I suppose, uh, redirected perhaps the next 30 years of his life. I, I can't quite remember. And the other one was when he was working along for himself and he got a sore neck and his neck became so sore that he had to give up work. And when he gave up, that set a whole new course for where he was going and what he was doing. Now, what I really set out to talk to Ted about was his involvement with Lawn Bowls, Lawn Bowls and the local Lions Club. We talk about all aspects of uh, the Lawn Bowls sport, how to get involved, what the ethics and the rules and how it all works, what the organisation of the sport is. And we discuss 
everything, including what it might cost to, to become involved as a new player and the sort of help you can get from existing people in the sport. The other major thing, as I said in Ted's life, was the, is the Lions Club. Now, Ted is the recipient of the Victorian Senior Citizens Award in 2014. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to explain a little bit more about that. We don't talk about it during the interview, but that's a really interesting story as well, how he came to win that award. A couple of times, Ted becomes really animated while we're talking, and he thumps the table. Not so good. The microphone's sitting on the table. So please forgive us for that. So here we go. I think you're going to enjoy this. I commence by asking Ted to explain where we are. We are in a little town called Lismore, yes. which is situated uh, one hour west of Geelong on the Geelong-Hamilton Highway. How many people would there be here? Uh, we had <coughs> three or four hundred people. The listeners probably know that I used to live in this town, or just out of this town. The town's kicked on since I left. It has. We've got three new businesses when you were here. We've yeah. got a new chemist, a new florist... We're getting a new pizza <coughs> shop. A pizza shop? Yep, uh, in about uh, towards the end of this year. Housing hasn't gone much, but business-wise, and of course, um, since the Geelong bypass, um, the traffic has probably doubled here Okay. in the last five to ten years. Yeah, so it's quite a busy, busy highway now. For the listeners, you wouldn't know this town, Lismore, but... It has got a mechanical workshop. It's got two milk bars, Coffee. supermarket, little supermarket, mm, yep. and a post office. Mm. And as Ted said, it's got the, a coffee mm. stop and it's got just a few little shops. Mm. It's a small town that people drive through, but it has got a claim mm. to fame. And its claim to fame is it's two hours out of Melbourne mm. and it's got public toilets. Yes, <laughs> very clean public toilets. So people stop here, and that's a terrific thing because we get visitors coming to the town. Or I used to when I was here, and Ted does now. One thing too, Henry, uh, we like people to stop here. Myself and the Lions Club, we run the Driver Reviver, which the is the Driver Reviver, which is a coffee stop. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people from um, two or three hours or more around now do stop here. Yeah. Um, we encourage them to stop and uh, have a cup of tea or coffee and a, uh, a hospital biscuit, as they call them, <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of a walk around and, and drive on. So, yeah, uh, that's good, isn't yeah, it? We, we, we started in 1989. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your life before you got here and then retirement and when you retired and how you retired and if you're looking forward to retirement. What I really want to talk to you about is the bowling club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a bit about lions as well. So, what were you, how did you finish up here? What, uh, what's the background of? I was born in Melton, which yep. is uh, Western Highway. We were uh, approximately um, oh, 50 k's from Melbourne on the Ballarat, Ballarat line. Mm-hmm. Melton uh, was a little village, very similar to Lismore, three or four hundred people. Right. Well, it's a major yeah. metropolis now, isn't it? Major, yeah, yeah. forty thousand or whatever. And uh, I, yeah, I worked there. So that must have been a long time ago, Ted. I, I come <laughs> to this. I left uh, Melton in nineteen fifty-eight. 
I can't work this out. How old are you now? Uh, 81. 81? Okay. <laughs> and you look so young. <laughs> Good on you. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to be a farmer, actually. And, yeah. uh, I worked after, after uh, I left school. I, uh, I went to, actually, the Melton Primary School, and then um, I rode a bicycle to uh, Bacchus Marsh Higher Elementary School in those days. How far away is that? Uh, for me, it was about 10 k's. And, and At primary uh, school, you're riding 10 k's to, to I, school? I, uh, I left the Melton Primary and um, a teacher from the elementary school in Bacchus Mars, I was in grade 7 mm-hmm. that year, wanted a, someone from Melton to go to school and they could get a school bus the next year. Okay. Uh, because he was a ex-Carlton player and I was a Carlton supporter, I said, yes, I would. <laughs> so I, uh, I rode, rode a bike to uh, Master for 12 months. The next year, they got a school bus, which took in, uh, left Bacchus went round Kamida, Tulin Vale. So after I left, I left school in uh, Form 3. Um, yeah, went Form 3 and went... Went working, I was doing farm works. Uh, mm. Those days, Melton grew the best. Was on, was on the edge of farming land, wasn't it? It was, it was the farming. best sheaf hay uh, in in Victoria. The and best sheaf. sheaf. Sheaf hay. So you didn't have it in bales? You no, were... sheaf hay, and it all went. We had two chaff mills at Melton. Right. And uh, they supplied all the uh, racing, the racehorse people in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, uh, the chaff was, uh, you know, it was. And were known as the best, and uh, uh, so the the man I worked for um, share farming, and then uh, he he got a little bit short on work at one stage, and a job came up on the Melton Shire for a grader driver, mm-hmm. and I was only seventeen. <laughs> they let you drive a grader, so, <laughs> so a I risk. ended up driving a grader and uh, without a license, but I, I had a car and a motorbike, so I was fit. And when I was 15, so it didn't matter anyway. <laughs> right. And uh, so I, uh, I drove a grader for the Mountain Shire for about six or seven years. Yeah. And it was a small grader and I was doing construction work with it. So it was too hard, too hard a job on, uh, with a small machine. So I decided I'd buy one of my own. So I bought a big grader and went working for myself. How old were you? Uh, when I bought the, my grade, I was 24. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I was getting getting a little bit of work around Melton, mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit doing some for the farmers, you know, around the paddocks and um, doing a bit of uh, up the uh, gravel pits and a few little jobs. Joan, I should have asked him for the short version. No. <laughs> okay, so you were born at a very young age. You're now, you're now driving a grader. <laughs> How did you finish up in Lismore? Yeah, well, I'm getting to that. <laughs> so I bought my own grader and the, and the, and the uh, Alec, the man I worked for, share farming, he bought front end loader and some tip trucks. And he said, "There's a big, there's a job going at Cobden, right. which is uh, in uh, southwest That's Victoria, about thirty-five the coast. to forty kilometres from here." Yep. Yep. And uh, so we drove, we drove down. We went in my car. I drove. Right. Uh, we went down through Colac, across the Stony Rose to Cobden, and when we we looked at the job, too big for us. We needed bulldozers and yep. scrapers and what have you. 
So we headed back home. He said, I'll drive. I didn't really want to drive, but you know, I let him. Anyway, he missed the turn back to Colac. We ended up camping down. <laughs> right. So we stopped to have a cup of tea, and the shire officer across the road, and Alex said, we'll go over and see if we can get a job for your grader. We walked in. The shire engineer was there, and Tommy. Yeah. From Skipton. Do you want a grader up north for three months, Tom? Yes, yes, yes. So, right, start Monday. We went back to Melton. I got the map out to have a look where Lismore was. <laughs> <laughs> so I started here on the Monday. And the three months went to 12 months. And then after 12 months, uh, the Shire engineer, Harry Rooney, um, tough old man, but a very good, fair and great engineer, he uh, started giving me three-year contracts. So, oh, okay. So I, I did about four four of those, and then uh, I uh, had enough of roads. <laughs> uh, so I sold the grader, took over the supermarket for three years. I come home and painted my house, and the butcher wanted his house painted, and so on and so on. The publican wanted the hotel painted, and I said no, too big. And Ronnie Hosking, who some people remember, played with Geelong years ago. Ronnie Hoskins said, I'll give you a hand to paint it. So Ron and I painted the hotel. Everyone come round, Ron would say, want your house painted? <laughs> so we had six houses to paint. He went back to farming, and so I just went painting houses. And uh, so I uh, uh, ended up I was painting houses so you... for 20 years. Oh, okay, so not... It took me 20 years <laughs> to do one house. <laughs> Bit of a part-time job, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, uh, that that filled in my life till I retired. Okay. And so what, what age did you retire at? Probably 67 or 8, was it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Were you looking forward to retiring? Uh, no, my, my neck my neck gave out. And I, okay. couldn't, I couldn't do surlings. I was having problem, health having problems. Having trouble, yeah. Yeah, not particularly. No. You weren't looking forward to it. And no. Did you have any idea what you were going to do after you retired? No, 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 I didn't. And you didn't know what you were going to do? No, no just retire. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Jonah's standing nearby, but I might, might be out of earshot. I'm not sure. Joan, did you have any idea what was going to happen after you retired? No, none at all. So that's you didn't have in mind what you were going to do, but what did happen when you retired? How did, what happened? How did things go? You had uh, your rehabilitation, you got your neck fixed up a bit, and your back fixed yeah, up. Um, well, through the lines, uh, you know, we were always involved with the driver reviver. Yep. I ended up, I took over and was running that. We always made the caravan park and, and, and the, and the uh, cemetery. The Lions Club did, they looked after them. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> those, those are jobs sort of fell into my hands eventually, yep. mm-hmm. and I still do the the cemetery and the line still on the caravan park. Um, so, and then probably oh, five or six years ago, a man that uh, looked after the bowling green, he uh, retired or something happened to him. And uh, so I took over that and um, uh, friend David Gibson, him and I uh, look after the bowling green. Okay, I didn't know that. Which is... Uh, a lot of work in, in, in bowling greens. Yes. Yeah. 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 Our, our time that, offs. 
That's a, a good segue because that's what I really wanted to talk to you about was bowling and the bowling club. Yep. And I've got some really hard questions, some deep... <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is where my interviewing skills really come out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what sort of people go bowling? What, what sort of people are involved in the bowling club? But, um, oh, it used to be, I think, mainly when you retired, but those days it, um, it really starts at a younger age, especially in, in the cities. Yes. Uh, you know, they started uh, as teenagers now and uh, uh, they work their way through. Uh, some of them start young, give it away and go and play another sport and then later years they come back to it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but now, people play bowls, um, mainly people like sport and fairly competitive. Um, now, Ted and listeners, uh, you'll see a photo of him on the website, but... Tim's fairly tall and pretty skinny. You've got to be tall to play bowls? These are the hard questions I'm getting to now. No. No? no you don't. <laughs> it, it, any particular body style to, to play good bowls? No. No? You need a good back. Help. <laughs> right. Now, I've got bandy legs, which is very good on the motorbike, mm. but that's not going to stop me playing bowls? No. No? It won't stop you playing bowls. No. No. Maybe, no. Do you need to be fit? Do I have to work out in the gym? Um, not particularly, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I, I'm just going to whisper this one. What about sex? Um, do, can any sex do it? Yes. Like males, females? With bowls now, it, we're, uh, it's all under unification. So. Uh, what, you have mixed teams? As, having, as far as having men's bowls now, separate ladies' bowls. Yes. Uh, you, with unification, yeah. um, you have to play both. But it's right. basically Saturday, if you've got enough good men, we yeah. have men. Yeah. But with our club, being a small club, we're short numbers, we're all getting older, so we play ladies too. So men and ladies in the one team? On pennant on oh. Saturday. Yep. And the ladies play, they play their pennant Tuesday. Yes. And uh, a lot of the ladies teams now are putting in maybe a third or a half with men. Okay. To bump their okay. members. Now, this has been in the news. Oh, I, one other thing I need to ask you. You obviously got a fairly high IQ. Have I? Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Myself, not so much. Do you need to be brainy to play golf balls? No, you don't. <laughs> you don't? No, you okay, don't. Okay, so no. even, even moderately idiots can play balls? Yep, yeah, anyone. Yeah. Anyone. The... Uh, Yes, you were talking about uh, whether you need to be fit or what. Mm-hmm. The people that have injuries now... Got uh, arthritis in the knee, was that going to... Arthritis or sore backs or sore arms, uh, legs. You yep. can get an extended arm, you've seen the arm for bowling. Yes, yeah, like a... Yeah, yep. and that is, uh, that's sort of all, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people with yeah. ailments, yeah. Uh, they come back uh, and they can go from a, a good bowler to a really good bowler. It improves them. It improves them, uh, yeah. Do the other bowlers think that they got an advantage? Uh, some do, yeah. <laughs> right. Our best bowler around here, John, John, knows. John says now they should have a separate uh, singles competition for the men's arms because yes. they've got an advantage. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know whether I agree with that or not, but, uh, but they certainly, it improves a lot of bowlers. 
Listeners, Ted just got up and he's giving me a demonstration. Yeah. This comes out pretty well on an audio track. <laughs> but, but you get the idea. He's yeah. saying that if you're bowling, particularly if you're uh, a senior citizen, you might loose the ball maybe, um, in the old language, a foot and a half off the ground, but with the mm. mechanical aid it might be six inches off the ground. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Now... Performance-enhancing drugs, is that involved in, in bowls like your testosterone and, and, and Viagra and stuff like performance-enhancing? <laughs> I threatened to uh, test a lady yesterday for cobalt. She bowls in our team for Saturday in Pennant and yes. she's hopeless. And yesterday she was the best bowler around there bowling for herself. Oh, she's been doped up. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, um, uh, I think uh, only some people take a few painkillers sometimes, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> and, and getting on to sort of the, the more mafia side of things, is there any money changes hands in, in the bowling scene? No, not that no one's ever offered me money. <laughs> so <laughs> no, there's no, I'd say definitely not. <laughs> so, so you don't get offered money to throw no. the game or anything? Because there's no, no, there's no betting. There's no betting? So there's no betting, so there's no money involved. Okay. Betting to me ruins all sport. Okay, so I, got, I just needed to get those things straight. So I, right. So <laughs> what is it about bowls that you like? Uh, the competition. Mm-hmm. And and it's a good social game. Yep. You know we we bowl as far as Lawn the Polar Bay, which is right down on the southwest coast. Mm-hmm. Um, but you meet uh, uh, you've got all these friends in uh, all the surrounding towns, um, and it's a great social game. Yeah. So you travel a bit, travel and you've got lot. people yeah. who you meet. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. Saturday pennant, you you <clears throat> travel. So say we go Camperdown and Cobden. Colac and uh, Darren Allen, Skipton, yeah. and down the coast, Lord the Polar Bay, and yeah. And listeners, these are towns. Some of those towns yeah. were forty and fifty kilometres, but were somewhere one hundred and fifty kilometres uh, away. Lord the Polar Bay, yes, yeah. uh, uh, three quarters. Good driving. drive. Yeah. So you like the social side of it. Yep. And yep. you like the fact that it's competition. Yep. Is it aggressive? Uh, I get aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a very serious bowler. Right, too serious, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, you take uh, it. You take it seriously if you're yeah, not there for I, a giggle. I like to win. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's what's the best thing about it? What's the best thing about being involved in bowling? Obviously, uh, uh, the the friends you make over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the friends, the social side. I'd yeah. say. Is that important in, yeah, in, in your yeah. life when you retire? Yeah, I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think both bowls and golf are both very social games and. Uh, we these days, you know, in bowling clubs, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, ladies that's lost their husbands and vice versa. Yes. And it's uh, it's company for them. Don't know whether uh, we haven't much. Uh, there's no matchmaking goes. There's no fraternising. No. It's a good place to meet another old friend. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How is how's the bowling scene organised? You mentioned pennant, and I don't even know what that means. Is there Australia-wide organisation or a Victoria head. Yep. What's the organisation of the whole thing? Yeah, we, 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 our local comps here under the Corangamite Bowls Association, the headquarters in Colac, yep. but we all bowl under Bowls Victoria, right. which is uh, head office in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. 
and between bowls Victoria and uh, the overseas bowls, mainly you know, I suppose England, Scotland and Ireland, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we sort of do play under worldwide, worldwide rules at times, okay. you know. Yes. Uh, but I think the overseas might set the rules more than we do. Yes. Mm. But yeah, yeah, but bowls Victoria in Melbourne. So you've got Bowles, Victoria, then you've yeah. got a, a regional thing, which yeah. is the Karangamite, which for Karangamite. listeners is a, yep. is a district. Yep. Uh, and then you've got your own club. Yep. And what happens within the club? How's, how's the club arranged? Well, we have our annual meeting coming up in May. Mm-hmm. You can come along if you like. <laughs> Thank you. Come along. Uh, we elect the President, Secretary, Treasurer, a match committee. But very unrewarding job being the selector. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been any um, uh, any issues down at the club? Is there, um... Do you mean fish for the cuffs? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like to say. <laughs> not, not quite. <laughs> but uh, it's like all clubs, all, all bowling clubs, all football clubs, all any sort of clubs, you've got clashes of personalities. Yes. And, uh, but that's something you've you got to learn to live with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's there for everyone. And clubs that say we don't fight... Um, they got else on them, so they've forgotten. <laughs> Is there any downside to, to bowling? Uh, it takes over your life a bit. Right? Yeah. You get a bit fanatical. Uh, well, being greenkeeper, we we really can't go too far. From from May through till about uh, August, mm-hmm. uh, we sort of get our life back. Yes. But uh, but if, if you're involved in the club, uh, and Joan's involved with yes. the ladies, yep. uh, selector, and she impresses them, and between the two of us, we uh, all the public holiday weekends, you can't go away because right. we've got the diary reviver. But yeah, your life, life gets taken over a bit, but yep. uh, no one forces you to, to do it. Right. So uh, just part of what you choose, I guess. Is it something that. Um you'd enjoy or that you would recommend to other people? Oh, yeah, yeah. Certainly gets you out of bed every morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a reason to get out. Yes. And yeah. somewhat early. Early. Well, if we're playing a tournament, the ladies were playing yesterday at 10 o'clock because daylight's over, we've got heavy dew, so yeah. you must go around and get rid of all that dew off the grass and let it dry quicker. As a, as a green creeper? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is it a costly sport to be involved in? Uh, uh, well, a set of bowls these days, a new set of coloured bowls that cost six, seven hundred, brand new. Right. You can get plenty of cheaper ones. Uh, to probably clothe yourself, maybe what, another four or five hundred. You get second-hand bowls, what, maybe half that price, three, four hundred bucks you get it. A... Oh, yeah, plenty yeah. for three or four hundred second-hand bowls. Yes. Most of the memberships around here probably have $130, $140 a year for membership. Right. Yeah. So, so it's not extraordinary. We pay when we play at home <clears throat> in Pennant. We we pay five dollars a week green fee. Yes. That's just to help yep. run the green costs. Yep. Very costly uh, with uh, with fertilisers and, and sprays. And fuel for, and for stuff. Grass yeah. greens. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're one of the few that still got grass greens around here. So. So you've got your bowls and you're talking about clothes. You, uh, when you're playing Pennant, are you still required to wear whites? Uh, most clubs now have got the coloured uniforms. Right. Yeah, we all... all okay, so it's not yeah. white, but it is a uh, uniform. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but it's... Oh, you, you probably buy a, um, a shirt, 
trousers and a jacket for the whole lot, probably around three hundred dollars, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you compare it to what people pay for golf clubs or other yeah. sports, if you're running yeah. a car, you know, mm. in the yeah. car business or something, or yeah. like yeah. me, a motorbike, but it's mm. a lot more money than that. Well, that's terrific. I've just about come to uh, what it, <laughs> I don't know much else to ask about bowls, so I'll just ask you generally. People who think about retirement and perhaps a bit nervous about retirement, what advice would you have for them? Well, I suppose um, most people, uh, either uh, their body's starting to uh, let them down a little bit and it may be a relief to them, especially if they've got uh, manual jobs or something. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you've got to look after the mental side too, so I think this is where perhaps taking up bowls or, or joining... Uh, croquet or croquet or golf or any other sport but I think you really need um, I, I don't think these days uh, um, 70's not old anymore <laughs> I think your body <laughs> you really need uh, uh, some sort of interest to, uh, to, to yeah, be active get involved and uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, even if you just join the bird club yeah. go up the bush and you know, <clears throat> look around yeah. the birds and things and yeah. Yeah. Live, live life. Live life. Live life, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. What they do. And just getting quickly back to bowls again then, um, are there any resources, are there any particular books people should read about it or websites that they should go to? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know about websites, there probably is. I'd heard that you were Mr Technology. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, there's uh, one thing you really need to learn is... Uh, Probably the very important thing is bowls etiquette. Right. Lots of things uh, when you step on the mat and start bowling, you're not supposed to do. And for, uh, for instance, give me an example, please. <laughs> um, you must not stand uh, beside a bowler. So you know, if if I'm bowling here, you'll stand there. You're in my eye. Okay. You sp- uh, stand back. Yeah. If if you're up uh, the end, up the far end where you're bowling to, mm-hmm. you must stand still, not walk around and interrupt the, the yeah. person that's on the mat ready to bowl. What's some other etiquettes? Um, <coughs> so I guess there's a rule book. Is there a rule book, or is this yeah. just yeah. generally understood? Yeah, there's you a need rule book. To study the rule book. Yeah. And and talk to a few of the old bowlers too. Right. And, uh, you know, but yeah, there's a certain amount of etiquette involved in bowls yeah. but there are quite a few rules right. uh, most of them are reasonably easy to uh, uh, to interpret but um, but there again uh, some of the like the old experienced bowlers will be able to help you out yep. uh, mm. yeah uh, so there's no particular books that they should read there's not oh, well no, um, no. Uh, the, um, the uh, there's books uh, on on uh, uh, our shot magazine. It's a, a book that comes out once a month for the bowlers. Okay. Uh, if if you who read, puts it out? Is it uh, Bowls Victoria? Okay. Yeah, and they usually have uh, articles in there from green keepers and from coaches and uh, you know different articles. If you read all those, and they'll they'll pose a problem mm-hmm. and 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 give you the answer to the question and things you need to do when you're learning, uh, but. Uh, you, men- you mentioned coaches there. Is there a formal coaching system? Well, it's, uh, most clubs uh, should or have a, uh, have a club coach. Okay. And, and if you're having trouble with delivery, you go to the coach and he 
he helps you, strange out. Okay. We, our club actually hasn't got one, but um, I think it's good to have a coach. Yes. And uh, he can uh, he can put you on the right track if you've got a little problem. What was that? What was that? Very famous in Australia, anyhow. That film about bowling, where the bloke oh, bowls the googly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah, that was that was fairly well done, actually. It must have um, raised the interest in bowling. Yeah, I think it would. Yes. Mm. When they used to have bowls on television. Yes. A lot of non-bowlers used to watch it. Yes, well, I used to watch it. Yeah, I was an expert. I, yeah. <laughs> I never played, but I. <laughs> One bloke that was here. Barry, <laughs> he used to say, oh, that's easy. I could do that, but it's not as easy. It's not as easy. I've only had one go at bowls, <laughs> and every bowl I bowled was sort of doing, <laughs> was wobbling. It wasn't running smoothly down the, <laughs> yeah. the green. It was sort of wobbling. And then you know after the game, <laughs> someone said, oh, why didn't you? <laughs> but we all got, we've all gone through it. Yeah. There's not many people die from it. Well, Ted and Joan, thank you very, very much. I'm, I've learned a whole bunch of stuff here, Good. and uh, <laughs> our listeners will have enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to uh, edit this to take all the swear words out of it. Right. <laughs> and we'll be right. So once again, thank you very much. Well, there you go. Ted's a really interesting man, isn't he? And Ted's wife, Joan, is involved in the town and the various committees and so on that run Lismore. You'll recognise that I've spoken to quite a number of people who live in Lismore, and that's because I lived there for a while, and for a little town, it's got a lot of, how can I say, characters and people who really take responsibility for what's going on in the community. I think that's fantastic. Anyhow, Ted's, he's led a a varied life and an interesting life, and he's really one of life's enthusiasts, I think you'll agree. Now, I said I was going to explain a little bit about the Victorian Senior Citizens Award that he won. Through the Lions Club, he established a camp for kids from the local school, from the local high school, who weren't able to go away on holidays. So he and some others, but I think basically Ted, established his camp in the Grampians. The Grampians is a little group of mountains. And he organised for kids to go there and they'd spend a week or whatever up there doing outdoor activities and having a great time. And these were kids, as I said, who uh, their families weren't in a position to send them away on holidays, and so the Lions raised money and, uh, and away they went. Well, that grew, and it developed and developed, and it, it went on for a long time. It went on for the, to the extent that some of the kids who had been through the camp then, a bit later on, became camp leaders, and a couple in particular became really spectacular and talented camp leaders. And as it developed they started to invite exchange students. I imagine that's the right way to describe it, exchange students from overseas. So you would get kids from some of the Nordic countries coming over to Australia, and they would spend time here, and as part of the time they spent, they would go to the outdoor camp at Halls Gap. Now, between that work and the work that he did with the Lions Club, and in particular his establishment of the Driver Reviver. Now, Driver Reviver is a a program which all the Lions Clubs are involved in, and he described it, but just to say again, Lions Clubs set up a stall, or in the case of Lismore, they've got a little um, 
shelter in the middle of the town. And on the longer holidays or times when people are, you know, when the traffic coming through is a little bit heavier, and that might be Christmas or Easter, or when the Port Ferry Folk Festival is on, those sort of, you know, long weekends and so on, they staff that stall so that, and there's signs up along the road, and people can stop, have a bit of a walk around, have a look at the local businesses and what goes on in the town, and get a free cup of coffee and a biscuit. And he described them as hospital biscuits, but they're all right. <laughs> they're pretty good biscuits. And uh, just to settle down a bit before they drive on, it's a road safety exercise. Now, Ted established that, as he said, in 1989, and he's still the mainstay of that program in Lismore. So he's been doing that for 27 years. So for 27 years, Driver Reviver and the work he did within lines on other exercises, he was able to uh, be awarded the Senior Senior Citizens Award. As always, I'd be really, really happy if you would leave me a comment on the website. Just go to retiredexcited.com and this is episode 10 and if you want to contact me directly henry at retiredexcited.com that's it for today hope you enjoyed this episode keep well see you next time I like that I wanted to give that a go for sure I'm in that was terrific what a good idea Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, 
subscribe to, or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, Actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, We actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.